Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Saying Media Podcast. Today, I have a special guest that I haven't seen in a while. It's been since we went to school at VCU. Um, man's been out in LA doing his thing. We're going to welcome Kevin Lay. Yeah. Lay to the podcast. If you want to introduce yourself, speak a little bit about yourself, yeah, what you do. Hey guys, my name is Kevin Lay, and I'm originally from Nova, but I moved to Los Angeles, California about two and a half years ago, and I've been there working as an actor, stuntman, and as a filmmaker as well. Roll the clip. Clip's done. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a long time coming and I'm really honored to be here. It, we've been talking about this for so long, but we never got the chance to. So yeah. I'm really happy that this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy that you reached out and you said that you're coming back to Nova. Um, I was actually shocked when you're like, yo, I'm actually coming back for a project. Then when you asked that if I could step in and help out in some way, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like it has been probably maybe two to three years since we last saw each other yeah. and helped each other on projects and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, of course. So it was really dope to see that. And then you're like, are you still doing the podcast? I was like, you know what? I could bring it back just for you. <laughs> <laughs> because sorry, guys, I know we've been gone for a while, but, um, you know, I'll be throwing in those podcast punches here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but it, this is, you're going to be really interested in this one because it's been a while since we caught up. Yeah. And if you guys didn't know, me and Kevin, we went to VCU with each other. Um, both went down the acting path and route. Um, he is great with stunts, great with action. I honestly, I don't know if I've ever told you this, and I'm telling you this now in this podcast, you always reminded me of the new gen Jackie Chan. <laughs> That's such an honor to hear, man. I appreciate yeah. that so much, dude. Yeah, because you find a way to do serious choreographies, mm -hmm. right? Serious fight stunts and stuff like that. Yeah. But you always find a way to make me laugh as mm -hmm. well with them. Them. And you yeah. know how Jackie Chan is always the funny. Yeah. But he can be serious when it comes to his films. Oh, yeah. Like, like the slapstick comedy that he created, it was revolutionary for the action industry. And it's almost impossible to kind of replicate it. But he did inspire a lot of different styles to kind of branch off of him. So that's one thing that I kind of grew, grow, grown from, like while watching him, is kind of branching off from his style. I'm not trying to. You know, no one's ever trying to copy it, you know, exactly, but mm -hmm. it did give birth to a lot of different styles, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of action actors, and a lot of stunt coordinators try to replicate um, because the reason why he got so popular is because it had such a different engagement with the audience than than the typical Hollywood type of action. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that everyone is trying to emulate is is captivating that audience, letting, letting them be a part of the action in a fun way and not having it be so serious at times and having its moments, having jaw dropping stunts and action. And yeah. every like few, few, few seconds or so you have a time where you can kind of breathe and kind of relax, kind of take a breath because you're laughing and then it goes back into being serious. And that's something that I try to emulate a little bit, especially for my action comedies. And cause those are the best ones to create is the action comedy bits. Those, those are the ones that are the least stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put some of his action comedy right here. Merry Christmas. Ask me a question. I mean That's it. And we're back. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it because those are very painful to make, but a lot of fun.
Yeah, yeah. And it's always inspiring to see how you elevate yourself. You know, I remember seeing like your first the doing the dishes one, like the yeah. roommate chron- chronicles too. Yeah, yeah. You know, advancing to your Christmas one. Mm-hmm. And then like seeing that you're always learning along the way is yeah. very inspiring. So I gotta ask you, Kevin, what did you always know that you wanted to get into action and to film and stuff like that? Or was it kind of like a passion that you found along the way? Oh man, this is a pretty pretty extensive uh question for this so I've always known I've always wanted to be in film I've always wanted to work in film ever since I was a kid I was always that one kid that was just watching movies longer than most people should mm-hmm. re-watching movies more than people should I've probably seen like Jackie Chan's Drunken Master about literally 25 times within like maybe one year mm-hmm. to a point to where like my cousins would come over I'd be like you guys want to watch Jackie Chan uh Drunken Master too and they're like oh God and okay. I just play it anyways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the, my the, my most replayed movie of our, uh, um, I've watched as a kid. So growing up, kids were like outdoors. Kids were doing this and that, arts and crafts and everything. And I, you know, did what I could to maintain my diverse, like you know, to be a kid, kind of like letting myself experiment with other things. But I've always gravitated back towards film. And um, it's funny that my mom you know, recognize that. So she would clear out the whole living room because every time I watch films and action films, especially, yeah, I would be replicating those moves in my oh, living room. Yeah. So there's been a few times where like I got hurt. Like there was funny. There was a few times where like uh, I was doing some moves in the living room and I would do like a couple jumps off of the couch and I would hit the table and she's mm. like, all right, we got to move this table. And I would, I would jump from couch to couch doing a move and they're like, all right, we got to separate the couches because he's, he's, he's jumping to them too much. And um, yeah, yeah. So it's something that I've always had in my in my history, and I've strayed away from it a little bit, but I can always find myself coming back to it naturally. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I learned to be more comfortable with. I've never really been comfortable with how much I would get so engaged into that type of um, realm. Uh, and I tried to, you know, practice other things just to just to make sure that everyone knows that like I'm not just set in this one type of Genre. subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying other things, but uh, so you can't blame me for coming back to this if I try other things. Yeah. So as a kid, I've always known that I had such a love for film, such a love for action, such a love for acting in general. And ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to have that type of dream in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with Asian parents, you kind of get instilled in like, oh, that's not realistic. Yeah. So I so the chronological order of what I wanted to be growing up, you know, that that question that we always got as a kid. Yeah. The first one was always uh, I wanted to be the next Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, Jet Li. I always wanted to be the next star. Yes. Um, and then it went to I wanted to be an architect. Then it went back to being a movie star. Then mm-hmm. it went back to um, – Went back to it went to being a lawyer. Then I went back to being a movie star. I I bounced around, but I always find myself going back to that. Yeah. And I always, I went through a period in life where I was trying to figure out why I was always doing that and why I didn't feel fulfilled doing the things that I tried to practice or do other things for for a while. But then I always find myself going back. So yeah. And then I finally realized the last time I tried something else was when I tried to prep to go to law school when I mm-hmm. when I was prepping to go to VCU. Yeah, yeah. And I realized uh I'm not gonna was not I'm, not, I, I'm not gonna be happy doing this. There's yeah, no yeah. way I'm gonna be happy doing this. And in the back of my head, I've always had more ideas and projects in mind that I wanted to do rather than like, oh what is it what am I gonna do with this law degree? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I decided to change my mind midway through and um yeah. And so like going off built going off of that a little bit it was it was quite the revelation. I um I I was in my um criminal justice class in Nova 
Mm-hmm. And after a whole year of, 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 of prepping for, for going to law school, um, I was in my class and I realized that these walls felt, you know, felt like empty to me. Like everything inside this room felt empty to me. Everyone around me felt empty to me. So I literally mid lecture, I got up and I left and I changed my major and yeah. changed that whole decision that day. Mm-hmm. So it was a little, it was, it was a big revelation for me. And so to answer your question, I've always, I've always gone back to it though. I've been distracted sometimes because, you know, outside influences, but I've always found myself going back. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's very, um, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that mm-hmm. and it's very personal because I completely agree with your story. For some reason, it's like, you know, if something keeps on pulling you back, yeah. right? If you keep on like, why do I keep on coming back to this? It got to mean that you're really interested mm-hmm. in that, right? Yeah. And I don't think it's your fault for being sidetracked, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I believe the reason that you had to jump on all those other things, right? The social construct, the Asian the Asian household, yeah. right? You got to be – I was actually surprised you said architect. I thought you were going to say doctor. <laughs> I, I Lawyer, I was like, okay, I got it. And yeah, then yeah. now the new thing is Asian parents are always saying IT, get into mm-hmm. IT, yeah. right? And – and it's like it's like what you said. Why are you why are you dreaming so big? That's what mm-hmm. my grandma says to me whenever yeah. like I say I'm shooting another video. It's like you're mm-hmm. dreaming too big. Like yeah, yeah. you know, just stay consistent. You know, yeah. stable job. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But it's like no, I you know you want to always bounce back into what your passion is, mm-hmm. and you have to try these new things, right? Like you went you went through like criminal justice classes yeah. and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure you've done the business classes, mm-hmm. and it's like you kind of have to try these things to know you don't want to do yeah. them, right? And that that's like a lesson for all of you guys out there. Always go out and try things because you never know what you're going to like and what you're going to actually hate until you do it. Other than that, it's just you thinking about it. No one ever in this world ever really knows deep down up until you start failing at other things. That's when you just start to discover and that's when you start to realize that you know. Yes. Um, after you experience all these different experiences, nothing is ever straightforward or cut and dry. You're going to have to go through these obstacles to go through these different paths. And if you find yourself going back to that original path, then it gives you more of an answer and it gives you more of that sure feeling of what you want to keep going towards. Yeah. Yeah. And um, to add on to this, I wanted to ask you, when did this, you know, when did you quote unquote, right, mm-hmm. start taking this more seriously, right? When do you quote unquote, like... I'm going to go try this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that step forward. Mm. I'm going to, you know, decide to make my own films while yeah. grabbing my own camera. Okay. I found out that I don't really like being behind the camera. Let me just meet these teams or yeah. find this videographer, find this DP that's yeah. going to help me get this project come to life. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always had the idea of taking that first step ever since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It's just that I didn't have the means or the environment around me to... Um, to take that first step. And it wasn't until I got into college. So like I said, I was going to Northern Virginia Community College for a while, trying to figure out what I was going through, uh, what I was going to do. I was going to, I was going through a lot of mental dilemmas, trying to figure out who I was, like, who is Kevin? Who does he want to be? What does he want to go through? What does he want to experience? Because at that time I was thinking, about like it's kind of funny. I think about like a whole multiverse theory. Yeah, that yeah. There's a bunch of different Kevins and a bunch of different universes. Mm-hmm. Am I one of the Kevins that is not living to his fullest potential? Yeah. Is there another Kevin out there that's better than me? Because fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can be that guy. Yeah, right no, there. Yeah. I can be that yeah, guy right now. His, I'm gonna beat his ass. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I was thinking like, what? I want to take this first step, but I didn't have the means to. So I was really trying really hard to make that first step. It wasn't until I went into 
um, VCU is that when I totally took that first step to where I felt like I felt the comfortable, I was comfortable mm-hmm. taking that first step. I felt like I was more well equipped. When I was going to high school, when I was going to uh, Nova Community College, I was prepping myself, mm-hmm. uh, training, learning the ins and outs, watching the, uh, film documentaries, learning from the greats, learning from people that uh, that I would be able to talk to for a brief amount of time, getting as much information, tr- kind of being a sponge, getting everything as much as I can um, to prepare me for this. And it wasn't until I went to uh, VCU yeah. that uh, that I really took that first path. Uh, and I guess one thing that was a big turning point for me was before I went to VCU, I told my mom, I said, mom, um, I, I changed my majors. Major. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the whole first year of college was like erased. Like I wasted money. I wasted time, but you know, it's okay because Mm -hmm. the whole revelation made it kind of worth it. Yeah. Um, but I told her, I was like, uh, I want to pursue film. I want to pursue something that I've always wanted to pursue. And she kind of, she wasn't, she wasn't surprised because she always knew in the back of her head, you know, watching me grow up, she always knew. Um, so, so when I told her that I want to move to California, she, her heart kind of dropped a little bit because, you know, it's a little bit of a scary idea, but she, she, uh, she made me a deal. She said, if you get me a degree in something else, you can go wherever the hell you want. Mm. And I said, okay, let's mm. do it. And so then that's when I transferred to VCU and I pursued business marketing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to pursue a degree that could probably transfer a little bit towards my, uh, m- towards my film career. Yeah. And business marketing made the most sense to me because I excelled in uh, public relations. I excelled in presentation. I, I excelled in, in working with groups and in front of people. Um, and I think that in itself helped me become a filmmaker. That helped me become an actor while also pers- getting a degree in something totally different. Yeah. So, so when I graduated, my mom was like, Damn, he called my bluff. Now I have to let him go. Yeah, yeah. So I gave my mom the degree. Um, and then that's when I planned my future for moving. Yeah. So I took that move. And and while I was in VCU, I was actually preparing for that move. Mm-hmm. And also I was trying to get my feet wet in the film industry. And as you saw, um, I was creating my first few short films, YouTube videos in VCU. Yes. Um, so Roommate Chronicles 1, we're going to roll a slight clip of that and so you can see how bad it is, right? I think it's done. I hope you guys enjoyed that small clip. Don't judge me. That was a long time ago. But anyways, um, I did that to kind of get my feet wet. And so um, when I did that, then that passion just grew stronger. I That was when I was first time producing and directing and um, and yeah. creating a, a fight choreography in front of a camera. Yep. Um, and it, it, took, uh, it took a lot for me to take that first step. But once I did, I felt like the next two, three, four, 15 steps were going to be easier because that first step is always going to be the hardest one mm-hmm. it's always going to be the scariest one it that that idea was actually in the works for i think a year yeah and it wasn't until we i got into vc and i wanted to start prepping for that move that i started um initiating on that and taking the initiative to to make that stuff happen so man so just looking back on it man it, it's it's really crazy how 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 that kind of unfolded for me because i wasn't i didn't really have a big grasp on on what was happening around me yeah but um but yeah that was a turning point for that and and my mom was scared but she felt better 
that I gave her the degree. And that's what, one of the reasons why I wanted to give her the degree too, is I asked her a long time ago, I said, I said, mom, what was your dream? And she said that she wanted to be an accountant, but she couldn't really do that because she had kids. Yeah. So her next dream was she wanted to see all of her kids walk the stage. And mm. I said, if I'm going to go pursue my dream, I have to at least give my mom one of her dreams. Come, to come true. To come true. Yeah. So What a I, good son. Yeah. So I walked that stage. I turned around on stage and I pointed at her and said, and said in my head that this is for you. And I grabbed my diploma and I left and I said, hey, mom, here you go. Also, uh, I'm planning on leaving soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that's really dope that at least you did, you know, something for your mom. It was yeah. kind of like a package deal mm-hmm. type of thing. And, you know... Not not a lot of, I guess, you know, Asian stereotypical families can say that you can make a deal like that. You yeah, know? yeah. And it's really cool to see that your mom was like, she, she I, one, I think she did it for safety for you, right? She was like, Always. obviously, all, at the end of the day, like the stereotypical Asian parents, right? At the end of the day, they just want to see their child prosper. They, they want to make sure they have a good life because, mm-hmm. you know, they immigrated here. They know how hard it was to like, you know, move from country to country and like work three jobs just to feed us and you yeah. know, make sure we get the right education. Yeah. Um, but it's really dope that she was like, okay, you did this for me. You you made this safety net just in case. Yeah. Um, and it's one of my dreams. I'm really glad that you said that because that kind of like hit me in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, well, Time for me to pursue my dreams because, mm-hmm. you know, this is like the age of where you can do it. Yeah. So that was really dope to hear that part. I'm um, yeah. just going to do a little quick time check just in case. Sorry, yeah, I ramble a lot. When I when I start going on my tangents about yeah, yeah, yeah. film and passion, I, I kind of just forget no, what no, I'm that, talking about. No, no, that stuff is great. <laughs> I the, Keep that going because as the listeners can hear, yeah, right, yeah. they love that type of energy. Oh, yeah, I course. hope you guys are loving this right in there. <laughs> and for the people who are just listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, hit up the YouTube channel so you can see the little clips that we're rolling here and there. Um, but, you know, if anything... If you are just listening on Spotify and you are listening on Apple Podcast, I will put all Kevin's links in the description and you can watch it separately if you don't want to listen to the podcast again and just watch them yourselves. Um, Please, really appreciate that. Yeah, the support means a lot. And he's a very talented guy. Been been seeing his work since 2018, right? Yeah, I think that um, I started dishing out work in 2018 yeah yeah mm-hmm. most definitely yeah and i, I just want to say that it's actually interesting hearing your story because you don't really know another person's story until they tell it to you yeah. o- other than that you can assume yeah i just thought you were always just going to be going to move to cali right <laughs> yeah, yeah i didn't know it was a deal with your your mom yeah and then uh i thought like acting you found that passion within mm-hmm. vcu yeah but you were just doing that degree for for I don't know, you wanted a job in there, but yeah. what you explained was actually genius. Was like this degree can actually help me yeah. excel where I actually want to do. Yeah, you know? I went through so many periods in time where I was kind of like fighting with myself mentally on what I want to pursue in terms of a degree, and I wanted to give my mom a degree that she knew that I would be safe having. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to go through like an easy degree. I didn't want to do something that wouldn't be really applicable to anything else because though I was going to college kind of for my mom and a little bit for myself, I did want it. I did want that time at, in, in VCU not to go to waste. I wanted, I wanted to get something out of it towards my, uh, towards my career, regardless of if the degree wasn't really about the career in itself. So I figured the best way for me to grow in my career is to find a degree that would help me grow in the same aspects and same same realm as as acting and as filmmaking so i deduced that 
that uh, business marketing would be the best because acting and acting in itself, you're pretty much marketing yourself to your, the audience. You're, you're marketing yourself to filmmakers, directors. Yeah. So I think that was the smartest degree for me to pursue with without pursuing a filmmaking degree or or going to film school. Yeah, yeah. I, and I have to ask, have you, the things that you learned with that degree, have has it been helping you like currently right now? Like, have you seen like the lessons where the marketing are like, okay, this is how I'm going to you know, expose myself or this is how I'm going to reach out to certain investors or clients and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So it helped me in a lot of ways than I thought that it would. So business marketing, I already knew that I would be doing classes where I'd have to do, be doing self-presentation, public presentations throughout the whole class, um, working in groups, even leading groups, creating products, getting more creative. Yeah. Business marketing is a very creative um, degree to mm-hmm. where you're constantly in almost every class ask being told to create a product, create a business plan, create a timeline, create a team, create something that would help you um, business wise. And acting and filmmaking is a business. So it is a lot of things that go into business marketing do apply to filmmaking as well. And uh, when I went to film, uh, sorry, when I went to uh, business marketing, I found myself excelling in, in, uh, in, those realms that I knew that would help me uh, excel in, in, in filmmaking. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is that when I was in high school, a little backstory is that I didn't. I'm not that good at school. Like contrary to what a lot of people think, I'm I'm not that good at school. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I, I had a, a super low GPA. Yeah. Um, I get a little self conscious saying this, but I had like about a 2.0 GPA. Mm. It was it was really low. Um, and that was from a lot of different issues to where I couldn't focus on sub- school subjects. I, I don't I don't sleep well at night. Um, so I would be sleeping in class all the time. I'll be missing class. Not, none of it stimulated me that yeah. much. So I didn't do that well in school. But as soon as I got to Nova Community College, I got my grades up. I uh, then got accepted to VCU and I made Dean's List because I was doing classes that I knew would help me and stimulate me in the right direction with what I want to do. And it didn't feel like empty walls around me. It didn't feel like, you know, hollow people around me. It felt like people that are learning the same things I'm learning that I want to learn. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't, I was sitting next to a guy that was like learning something that I didn't want to learn. Yeah. Um, there so, was like a purpose for Exactly. It. Yeah. So, so with that happening, it, it, it allowed me to really prosper and, you know, going from a 2.0 GPA in high school, I got to Dean's List in, in VCU. Yeah, so congrats. It was, thank you, man. It was, yeah. it was a lot of hard work because uh, I was also going to school full-time and going to work full-time. Yeah. It was uh, it was tough. I was working for a – in order to eat and to survive uh, because I was fun – I was paying for everything in school myself pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, I had to work full-time. That was – like, that was necessary. I worked for a uh, insurance firm as a marketing representative, mm. and I worked there pretty much, like, nine to three then i would go to class from like four to nine and i had a second job bouncing at a bar yeah. from like nine to two a.m dang so and, and you I, had the extracurricular and i activities. had extracurriculars to where i was on blank canvas shout out to blank canvas uh dance team with vcu and uh i was also doing all my other side jobs like like filmmaking i also got a job while i was in vcu Going to uh, working as a stuntman for Copycat Killers on Reels TV, Ooh. which was one of which was my first real gig. So that's I didn't even know that. Yeah, oh, so crazy. I did. So I did that while I was in BCU. That's dope. Um, I got the call for that, and I said I told all my jobs like, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna be driving to Maryland, which today. is like about three hours." Yeah, I was like, "I'm driving to Maryland like today." <laughs> yeah, I can't make today. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I left and I did that. So it was a really big challenge going to work full time, going to school full time, and and doing those business classes, but. 
the reason why I was able to hold on so much is because all of that was gearing me for my future. Yeah. There was a lot of a lot to build up for with marketing, for marketing, the the self presentation helped me because acting is all self presentation. You have to be able to control yourself. You have to be able to present yourself. You have to be able to make yourself desirable, relatable to your viewers and that, that's what makes a really good actor is when the was when the audience can relate to you, to you can really yeah. feel you if you if you're not genuine if you're not relatable if you're not someone that they can really feel feel like they can be a friend to towards then they're not really going to be immersed into what you're acting yeah so so that in itself helped me and and almost all of my group projects i was leading all of my i i was i was kind of the self-appointed leader or you know the leader that everyone appointed me though i remember in one of my uh one of my senior courses, we had to create a like a big fortune company, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone was really scared to step up to leading it. And I said, "Hey, I'll be the CEO." So they pointed me as CEO as our of our imaginary company for oh, our class. Oh yeah, I've heard those type of projects. Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, and yeah, and, and we knocked out the park. There were some projects to where we had to present, and each each group in in my class had each member take turns in their group speaking about their product. And I remember I was the only one speaking in my group. Yeah. And because uh, I felt like it's all right. Yo, everyone just take a break. I'm going to grow in this. Uh, if you guys want to chime in and grow, that's fine. But if you guys don't want to grow, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking take care of everything. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, uh, so yeah. So business marketing did help me a lot towards my career now as as an actor and as a filmmaker and as a stuntman. And, uh, and that's something that I was planning for. And I'm really happy that it worked out. Yeah, that's really dope. And I'm glad that all those skills and all those projects helped you to where you are today. Yeah. But on that note, we will be taking our halftime break. When we're coming back, I think we're going to dive into your experiences in L.A. And see where the conversations lead from there. Um, So if you guys are listening in, please take this break to, you know, drink a sip of water. um, Get that snack. If you're driving, you know, pay attention to the road again. (laughs) um, And we'll be right back. And we are back officially. Um, last where we talked about, I think we were talking about how your business marketing major, mm-hmm. actually the projects and the stuff that you did and the personal things that you learned has actually helped you out a lot. Oh, yeah. Now. Um, but now I want to dive into, and the, this is where I'm really interested in because I know you made the big move to LA mm-hmm. as we were talking about earlier in the podcast yeah. and stuff like that. Um, he made this really cute video too. I'm going <laughs> to put this up, up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do a clip. That's, that's a video that I watched back a lot. So yeah, please check it out. like i remember when i first saw that i'm like damn he's doing it that's mm-hmm. fucking dope as hell like i can't wait to announce that i'm going to be going out there one day too mm-hmm. and um and i i know it was very humble beginnings for you there too right like i yeah. think you moved in with either friends or family just like on the floor and then you worked your way up got your desktop your pc your bed yeah and um was you were learning in the industry so tell me a little bit about that how how was the the move, like how did it impact you telling your parents that you were leaving and um, yeah. getting there? Yeah. So um, as what kind of really 
helped me move a little bit, which I am trying to see as a blessing as opposed to a curse, is that COVID-19 happened and I lost my job mm-hmm. um, in, in that whole era, which a lot of people did, and it affected me a lot. But And I went through like a kind of whole negative thing about it for a while. Uh, I was in a really bad place, but I kind of thought of it as, since I don't have a job anymore, I don't. That's one less string that's tying me to to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you kind of use that as a catalyst to kind of like push me forward. So that's kind of thing. So where it's like it's all about how you see things. Mm-hmm. Losing your job, of course, is never a good thing. There is going to be a grieving process all the time, and it's always going to be tough. Um, but if you can change and adapt how you think of your situations instead of falling victim to it to kind of weaponizing it, mm-hmm. then that's immensely powerful for any type of future endeavors that you have. So I kind of channeled that in saying like, oh, that's one loose end that I um, have here. And uh, that's even better of an opportunity for me to move to California. So during my move, I decided to move during COVID-19. I thought it would be best for me to move there when it's quiet and settle down. And once everything opens back up, then I would be available and ready, which was a big plus for me. Moving in, I knew that I would be busy too busy to do any type of work, so I thought that would be best time to move. So around that time, I sold everything. Yeah. Um, I packed my car full of uh, three boxes. One box for my clothes, one box for my film equipment, and third box of my uh, PC. Mm-hmm. So I packed that into my, my car, and I shipped it. One-way ship, and I bought a one-way ticket to California, mm-hmm. and I said goodbye to my whole family. Um, I said goodbye to, to, to my grandparents, my dogs, my mom, my little nephews, everyone, all my friends. And I said, I'm going to be back better. Yeah. So I left and I actually didn't have anyone really in California. I had maybe like two extended family members, okay. but none of which were in the industry or none of which were in the areas that I wanted to be around. So I didn't really have that many outlets. Yeah. But I did have a friend that allowed me to sleep on it on his floor for two months. Mm-hmm. So going to California, I had nothing besides what I had on my back. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had a little, little like five by five section of the floor for all of my stuff. So uh-huh. I, I didn't even have a blanket when I first started out there. I slept with like a little like little towel. Yeah. <laughs> that was my blanket. <laughs> a yeah. Towel just, yeah. Uh, comfy. Yeah. <laughs> I was just slept in a ball the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that mar- that started my process for for my move. Um Oh, the beginning of me moving there. So when I moved there, I got settled in. The next day, as soon as I got there, I started working on my laptop. I started applying to jobs. I started throwing my business degree into every direction I could find. I applied for about 200 jobs yeah. while I was there. I toured about 20 apartments, and it was a really big struggle. And I was on my laptop for about 14 hours a day just getting through everything, doing cover letters, applying for jobs. Yeah. Um, applying for for apartments um and it was it was it was really hard it's one of the definitely one of the most draining and hardest things that that i had to do but fast forward about a month and a half later to two months later i i i got a job with a startup company mm-hmm. uh i since no one wanted to take my personal tra- uh wanted to take my um business degree i decided to dust off my personal training certification yeah um I've been a trainer and a physical, uh, practicing with physical therapists uh, for a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. so I started to dust that off. So I got denied and I had my resume thrown, thrown back in my face for like 200 jobs. Yeah. And I applied to like three 
gyms and I got callbacks from all three gyms and I yeah. decided to take the chance with the startup company um, as one of their head trainers. And I, um, it was a big risk because mm -hmm. the company was only like two months old, but it grew into something really phenomenal and I am still on board with it now. Oh, that's um, And so that's what helps me eat when I'm not filming. Yeah. In, in big gaps with filming, uh, you got to have some type of hustle that would help you eat because yeah. one thing about the film industry is it's unpredictable. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So you have to have other means of income. You can't just really put all your eggs in that basket. You have to find other ways to make income in order to survive out there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I did that and I got approved for an apartment. And I moved in there. So then started my, my, me creating that foundation so I can start growing in California. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then it was all about moving forward from there. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So, um, Amazing story, by the way, like very inspirational, thank you, like thank you. not a lot of people can say they can do it. <laughs> and just for all you people out there, whether you're job hunting in Cali or any mm -hmm. other state, right, you're going to apply to about 60 jobs a day, minimum, yeah. mm -hmm. maybe. And you're going to hear back from like three. Mm -hmm. And in those three, you had to get past the interview, too. So yeah. don't be discouraged, you know. Keep on applying, keep on doing it until you find that right job yeah. or you're going to be editing your resume, your yeah, cover letter and stuff like that. And you're going to pick up the skills to find that job that's called perfectly fit for you at that time. Yes, you know? of course. Um, so I just want to say that to you guys to not be discouraged. Mm -hmm. um, but that's really dope. Like, did you, when you sold everything, right, and you moved out there. Yeah. Did you have to like find a job right away or did you have at least like a month cushion to kind of like figure it out and then you you got your apartment? Yeah, like so that? I started saving up well before my move so that I had enough money in the bank to keep me alive for at least a little bit. Yeah. So I did have a little bit of cushion room, but I definitely did want to get an apartment and a job like as soon as I could because – just everything is unpredictable over there, especially when you're in a new environment. You have no outlets. It's sink or swim. Mm -hmm. I left my safety net of having friends and family around me to where if anything did happen, I don't really have anyone coming out to save me. Yeah. Um, so I try to – that's why I started working on my laptop the very next day of me moving in. Um, and And it definitely was really hard with that. But I saw it as kind of a challenge to where if I can – pull this off without a safety net if i can if i can get through this whole thing then that proves that i belong here yeah and and that's the biggest thing is a lot of things that uh what i tell a lot of people about moving to california or pursuing what they want to pursue and not even moving to california but but doing anything if it's going to seem scary but it's not impossible but it's going to be hard but the fact that it's not impossible is more than enough reason for you to go through with it and pursue it yeah it's kind of like if you put your mind to it it's definitely going to happen and mm -hmm. instead of being the person that says why me you yeah. say try me exactly type of thing yeah and it's kind of it's it's very you know motivational and kind of like forcing your hand too like if there is no safety net mm -hmm. you're like i have to do this yeah there's, there's no way out exactly of this. like i have to do this yeah. right then and there mm -hmm. that's dope so you started you started with that startup company and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So how well, what was your process after that? Because um, I know what you had under your belt was just a couple of projects that you did by yourself yeah. here in Nova, right? Yeah. With the uh, with the knowledge that you had at the time, mm -hmm. but probably when you went to Cali, right? You were probably absorbing more information in. Of course, you know, you yeah. were trying to see what other connects you could get out there. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like out there when you were trying to – I don't know if you went to an agency first. I don't know if you just went to cold editions first yeah. or if you 
went to things, didn't hear things back, and then you had to do things yourself to yeah. hear other things. Of course, yeah. So I did receive an agent when I did move out there. It was um, something that I wasn't really experienced in getting. Getting an agent was a new type of aspect to it that I never really even considered. But I got an agent, but I also uh, self-represented as well. I didn't want to put all my eggs all in my eggs basket. into that basket of hoping that agent would get me through everything. You never really want to think that way. You always want to assume that unless you have a relationship with that agent or you've worked with that agent, you don't ever want to assume that they're going to be beneficial to you. There's so many times where a lot of actors, they go through different agents because that, that relationship sure, doesn't benefit them. Yeah, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't benefit them. Actors go through a bunch of different agents and a bunch of different agencies, a bunch of different managements. Mm-hmm. That can be very discouraging, but that's the process for it. Mm-hmm. So I did get an agent and unfortunately... My relationship with that agent wasn't too beneficial. Um, I had more bene- uh, more of a um, progressive um, motion doing self-representation. Yes. So I started doing self-representation while also working for the startup company, building the company as well. And um, everything that I learned was that a lot of the fight out there is for networking. Um, and an agent is to help you, is to help eliminate that type of uh, type of stress for you is to have developed the networking. Part of the reasons why an agent is there is because they handle the networking, the PR stuff for you. Yeah. But I think that everyone can benefit from learning it themselves, mm-hmm. especially for starting out. That's an invaluable skill set to have. And there's a lot of stories to where they, where some actors don't develop that skill set because they rely so heavily on an agent and it kind of hurts them um, in the future because the agent could always drop you. Unless yeah. you're under contract, agents can always drop you. And when you, they drop you, you're kind of like a fish out of water. You don't know what to do. You, uh, a lot of times when that happens, actors find themselves at a standstill mm-hmm. in their career. So I think that controlling your progress, controlling your life, controlling how you go through the industry is extremely important. And to do that, you have to have develop the skill sets and not really rely on anyone else besides yourself. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to eliminate that safety net of being in my home area is because I want to develop all the skill sets and, and really be able to rely on myself yeah. and not really rely on anyone else. Going there, um, I, I started out in my, my niche, um, aspect of the industry, which is action. So I went to a stunt uh, gym uh, called Joining All Movement, which was very progressive for me in my career. I met a lot of crazy people that were amazingly talented mm-hmm. and it's very intimidating, but but I decided like, I'm not going to get anywhere being intimidated. Yeah. So I decided to, you know, start getting as good best as I could uh, with, with everything that I've learned, applying that to, to what I have now and growing from that. So so that helped me develop my network. That helped me kind of make a splash as the new kid on the block yeah. that came here to compete and mm-hmm. has something to offer. Yeah. Because LA is, a, is an area where everyone comes and goes. There's yeah. so many phases that pop up, but you have to... It's your job to really stand out to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's the intimidating part. If you don't have really anything that can stand out, you better get something that will stand out. Yeah. Yeah, because you had to kind of like put your foot in the door with a mm-hmm. big bang because a lot of other people are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And I think the the major difference, and I think it doesn't just involve for that industry, right, is consistency. Of course. Is, is like the hugest thing. And it took me a while to learn it too. Yeah. Like, I always like it was always in the back of my mind, right? Like, okay, just be consistent, just be consistent. Mm-hmm. But like, 
you never really think about it until you like fail a lot or like you're like, what's going wrong? And yeah. it's just like, okay, I'm relying on motivation more than I am on keeping myself accountable to doing the things yeah. that I want to do type of Definitely. thing. Yeah, that's dope. And uh, um, the stunt gym, right? Yeah. I bet you you met some pretty cool people there, right? Like, yeah, it's um, – yeah. It's... I'm pretty sure they're – I don't know if it's the same gym, mm -hmm. right? But I used to follow like David So Comedy a lot mm -hmm. growing up and I know – I feel like that's the same stunt gym where he like the blue Power Ranger who's yeah. there now. It's not the same stunt gym, uh, but it is close by. Close by. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So with your, because I know that stunt gym that probably helped you a lot because you're a stunt coordinator too, mm -hmm. on top of your acting and yeah. stuff like that. And I know you are trying to learn, you know, do backflips here and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But I feel like you excelled even further when you were moved out to LA. Yeah. So how was that process? Did you self teach yourself, or did you find some friends in the area and you're like, oh, I want to learn how to do this flip? Yeah. Most of, most of my skill set is self-taught. I do have background in martial arts and a lot of combat fighting in order to prep me for this. Chronologically, I put myself through uh, formal trainings of karate, taekwondo, mm -hmm. hepkido, wushu, and also modern boxing. Um, all of which taught me something different and gave me a different skill that I can apply to my action acting, into my filmmaking, and into my stunts. Mm -hmm. And having that background... Um, in my in my arsenal, I was able to teach myself a lot of other things. So a lot of the uh, skills that I have now, after my formal training, was self taught mm -hmm. because you're only gonna get so far learning from someone else. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to be able to adapt and develop the skill set to learn and teach yourself the right things. In order to do that, you have to have the right environment around you. Yeah. One of the big reasons why I did move was because I needed that right environment to keep myself self-motivated. I needed that right environment to really soak up every type of knowledge I can find and be a sponge. But it's so hard to be a sponge um, in your hometown if you don't really have a big market or industry out there. I have a lot of love for the DMV. Um, the DMV raised me. I, I loved um, our area, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Mm -hmm. But the industry is very small out here. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I found myself needing to self-motivate and teach myself a lot without having the proper environment, which gets very, very mentally Training. exhausting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so hard to keep yourself motivated every single day. Though there are a lot of groups that I met out here in the DMV area that definitely did motivate me a lot. But they would be like an hour and a half away to add to them maybe like once every few months. But when I do meet them... Man, like I, I soak up as much as I can out of them and we have such a great time. I have yeah. so much love for everyone that I met out here within the industry. There are definitely a lot of talented people out here that, that I created really good relationships with, but I needed more of that. Yeah. Once I got that taste with, with everyone uh, of meeting the people that were out here in the industry, once I got that taste, I needed more. Yeah. Um, Especially for all the dreams that I have, I need that. I need that around me all the time to keep me motivated. After moving to California, I was surrounded by that, which was amazing, and and I met a lot of amazing people and talented people within that gym and also on set. And meeting them and and, and working with them or working around them or even talking to them motivated me without me even trying. Yeah, yeah. It it it, it energized me without me even realizing it. Mm. It, it made me it made me motivated. The next day, and I was like, where am I getting all this motivation from? Yeah. I don't know where the hell this is coming from, but I'm going to use it. Come, when I was over here, I would know where the motivation is coming from. It's coming from me. Yeah. It's coming from me telling myself every day something. That's where it came from, and that gets really exhausting. So me going over there, I met 
lot of people that that helped me. Shout out to everyone that I met in in LA. Uh, much love for you guys, and I and I look forward to growing with you guys so much. And um, I'm so thankful for for you guys just existing and being around me. It, it means the world to me, and I want to make sure all you guys know that. So so a lot of a lot of pursuing a lot of what you want to do comes from your environment. Uh, definitely, majority of it does come from within you and how you feel, but it's going to get really exhausting along the way if you don't equip yourself with the right environment and with the right skill set. Yeah, it's come to the saying where like, I don't know if you've seen a lot of those TikToks or podcasts with the motivational speakers, the millionaires, the billionaires. Yeah. And it's like, um, like, show me your your three best friends yeah. and I'll show you your future yeah. type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you have to be in the right environment with mm-hmm. like-minded individuals in order to excel yourself in life because at the end of the day, I th- you're correct, right? And then the end of the day, it's you. Yeah. At the end of the day, it really is you. But that doesn't say that you can't get the help mm-hmm. and the the mindset that you need with people around you that's going to help motivate you. Yeah. Because um, like we said, not everything is motivation, but if you have it, that sure as mm-hmm. hell is going to help you a lot. Yeah. You know? So that's really dope. Shout out to the people that are helping Kevin out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And uh, it's really interesting to learn. So um, tell me how it's like within the acting side of it, you know, how it, cause I know we, we catched up before guys, if you guys didn't know, um, but now we're doing like officially talking yeah. with each other. Um, I know that you said that when you were trying to, you know, get opportunities, investors and stuff like that, yeah. or like this showing that like you're willing to put in the work to act, mm-hmm. you know, but you're getting a lot of like cold shoulders, you yeah. know, the, I don't know, yeah, yeah type of, of thing. And then you had to do something. Mm-hmm. To get known so what was yeah. that man so so being a new kid on the block it was very scary everyone here or at least a lot of people there they were they grew up in california they grew up with that industry they grew up with that network they grew up with the with the environment that helped excel them and um they were already well known or a lot of people are already well known moving there being someone that n- no one knew um was was a really intimidating really challenging but i was you know i was more than willing to step up to the plate for that but you have to be able to provide value to everyone around you and that's what makes you desirable which you know it's unfortunate that you have to prove yourself a lot but you know that can also be a good thing um because not only are you proving yourself to other people you're kind of also proving yourself to yourself Mm -hmm. you're proving to yourself and uh telling yourself that i did all of this so i am valuable and that's something that you have to constantly remind yourself because it's so easy to not feel valued in an area such as Los Angeles that has so many talented people. And, uh, and yeah, when I first started out over there, of course, my, my positioning, I didn't know that many people. So I would have to like ask people that I've known for maybe a few days, a few weeks to be a part of a project. And I did get a lot of people saying no, I did get a lot of people saying like, "Eh, I think I'm going to pass because time is very valuable. And also your face is very valuable. And if your face is on a project that you're not really proud of, then that could hurt your chances in your career. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to find a lot of people that are going to be a little hesitant about working with you, especially if they don't think that you're going to benefit uh, that you're going to benefit their career. Yeah. And so that's really easy to get discouraged in that kind of aspect, but it's really it's a part of the process. So in order for me to really make that splash, I had to create my own films. I had to create my own projects with people that were willing to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um and those people that were willing to be a part of it when I didn't really have anything under my belt, those are the people that I want to take with me to the top. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I created my own 
uh, first, very first short film um, called Kings of Triad. Yes. And I uh, entered it into a film festival. And um, it was my first ever film that I created. And I got accepted to the L.A. Film Fest. L.A. Action Film Fest. Let's go. Let's so my go. very first action film yeah. fest. My first film fest in general. And it was amazing to see my film actually being played on a movie screen in front of people. And on top of that, after the film was played, I got to be put on a director's panel with all the other filmmakers that premiered that day. And it was an amazing feeling to be a part of that panel because everyone on that panel was very talented, crazy talented. And I was honored just to be standing next to them and to be able to be talking about my experiences and about the film with them. And that added value to me, not just for myself, but added value to everyone else around me that was watching from the sidelines. And, um, and yeah, we'll roll a clip for Kings of, from Kings of Triad for you guys, just so you guys can, can watch it. Thanks for checking that out. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. It was so fun to make, and that film had such a good backstory behind it that I'm I cherish a lot. And um, yeah, so it's it's gonna take a lot of work, and it's going to be really hard to really showcase your value to everyone around you. But if you can develop that skill that allows you to to showcase yourself and develop and create that value for everyone, then that's something that's gonna take you really far within the industry. Yeah, that was really dope, dope to see because I remember um, when you were making the movie, it was exciting to see the excitement coming from you. Yeah. One, right? You DM me, you're like, yo, Vinny, are you still like yeah. into films? Are you still doing this type of stuff? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been kind of slow, but I'm still like 100% doing it. And you're like, well, I got this big project that was going on. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because I, I, trust me, I'm always keeping an eye on you. Yeah, appreciate like, it, I'm, man. I'm, I'm thank looking, you. I'm thank looking you. all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching, I'm like, dang, you've learned a lot. You've <laughs> grown a lot. You've yeah. made the right connections. Like, choreography was on mm -hmm. point. You know, you're dialogue was there you were able to show your acting get mm -hmm. extras a set yeah you know um and when it got to like the ending part i was like oh shit i know these actors mm -hmm. yeah i was like i watched them growing up I'm yeah, like, yeah this is freaking crazy yeah that you were able to get these actors within this one small short film mm -hmm. and i was it was like really dope to see and see you know the improvement see the growth and yeah. see that you're still learning and you're still hungry to learn more yeah the reason why i asked you is, is it goes back to me saying like everyone that have been around me since the beginning or that had that faith in me when i didn't really have much those are the people that i really want to bring forward and up there with me so any opportunity where i can like yo I, if i can have Vinny in this i want him to be a part of it because he's been around like yeah. my 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 career since the very beginning of when i was in vdcu and we really shared that passion and anyone that is hungry that has that passion in them i want them to be on set i don't really care how skilled you are or i don't really care how how experienced you are i want you on set regardless because that type of passion is kind of irreplaceable. Yeah. That type of passion is going to motivate everyone else and that's going to elevate the quality of the production. Yeah. And also it's going to help me as well. In that production, I wore a lot of hats. I was the I was the producer, the yeah. director, the writer, the stunt choreographer, the um 
the 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 safety um officer on there i i the wardrobe i wore a lot of hats as well as you know acting of course i wore a lot of hats so in order for me to stay motivated with this project i needed that passion around me a lot so that's why i really fish for those type of people i cherry pick everyone i have in my projects i don't do a process to where i i really kind of like audition people or i pull you because i heard of you I really cherry pick everyone that goes on to because chemistry on set is extremely important to me. Yeah, extremely, extremely important. And um, I don't think a lot of people know how much work it is to actually do a yes, film. So like, much. I really relate to you or like you had to fill in so many hats. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think a hard lesson learning too is when you don't need to, you shouldn't too mm -hmm. as well. You know, because like if you have someone to fill in that hat, of course, yeah. oh my God, it helps you tremendously mm -hmm. that you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. But it also shows how versatile you are, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to impress others. And also to you guys out there where you're like, oh, like this film was better or like, you know, I saw this was better. You need to realize that was probably a higher paid budget, mm -hmm. one, or two, they had like someone dedicated to each role where like, they made sure it was straight. Yeah. So, like, if you saw a mistake within the film, you know, you can't just blame it on that person because maybe <laughs> he was filling in all the hats mm -hmm. at the time. And then yeah. he was more, he was more, like, interested or she was more interested in the shot, in mm -hmm. the acting. Yeah. Was this shot properly and stuff like that. And it's very humbling to see the growth. And I'm really glad that your film made it into the Action Film Festival. Because, yeah. trust me, I know how hard that is because yeah. I've submitted a couple of films just to hear nothing. Or, mm -hmm. like... I, would, I know I would be really excited. I'm like, okay, they're announcing the winners today, guys. Yep. And I was like watching. Yep. I'm like, dang, we didn't make it type mm -hmm. of thing. But, you know, you need your defeats. You need your failures to be your motivation to keep on going. Yeah. And I actually really like what you said, too, where, like, you know the people that helped you in the beginning, right? Yeah. And you know the people who rejected you. And yeah. it's, it's not like giving bad karma to of people. Course. But, like, you want to repeat and give that same energy to the people who are there for you. Of course. And yeah. I really do agree because, like, I would rather get someone who's really hungry mm -hmm. and is willing to learn. Yeah. Because I know they're going to go the mile compared to that guy that's a semi-professional but mm -hmm. not really interested in it. They're yeah. just looking for the check. Because that person that's very motivated, if you feed that energy, right? If you, like, you just give them something to be motivated on, I bet you that person is going to be a lot better than that person that's semi-interested in the field of course yeah and that's something that i learned a lot in in la a lot there's a lot of people that try to tear you down because it's less competition um especially within like the stunt industry i have so much love for everyone in the stunt industry but there of course are going to be moments to where some people are a little bit more standoffish because they are either intimidated by you or they don't respect you and they don't want to be a part of your projects or they don't want to help you grow because that's just more competition for them Anyone that steps into LA is the potential of, of a person to take a job yes. from someone else. So there's a lot of people within the stunt industry and within like the industry in general mm -hmm. that, that, that kind of are a little standoffish and um, the people that aren't, I find like, aren't really like LA natives because um, they, they didn't grow up in that environment. And, you know, there's a lot of LA natives, of course, that have that welcoming energy. But there are so many people that I met that, that, that have that energy. And there's a few people that I have met that have not had that energy. Yeah. And, you know, all, everything is fine. All of that is fine. It's never negative on them. But that's how it is. And that's something that you have to be expecting when it, when it happens. It's just cause that's just how it works. And, and yeah, so, so the people that, that have that energy that I'm looking for, the people that have that, that, that 
that drive, uh, that drive that, yeah. that, that wants to work with people, regardless of what it is, just because of the passion. Those are the people that I want to travel to the top with. It yes. doesn't matter what you want to do or it doesn't matter like where you're at. I want to help be that person to help grow you because there's been few people that helped grow me that I am grateful for. So I'm just want to pass it on. Yeah. And it's really motivational too, because like it, I think a prime example is like Adam Sandler, mm -hmm. right? He made his own production company yeah. and he always makes sure it's those, I think six up to six friends. I'm yeah. not hundred percent sure, mm -hmm. but those couple of friends are always guaranteed in his movies yeah and like he personally pays the production or pays them if he needs to mm -hmm. because he doesn't care yeah about the profit he doesn't mm -hmm. care about that he has this project in mind he wants his friends that have been there since the beginning with him because without them he wouldn't have made it up there yeah. you know and it's really like inspiration we'll see that he's even still doing movies to this day mm -hmm. right I, with that same crew the same production company yeah. like um, his latest one was out on Netflix. It was like that Halloween one. Yeah. Um, but like, I remember growing up with Adam Sandler. I'm like, Oh wow. I didn't really notice when I was a younger yeah. kid. Like it's always the same people. But now that I'm older, I'm like, it makes sense because mm -hmm. you want to grow with the people that want to grow with you too. Exactly. And have been there with you since the beginning. Yeah. 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 So that's very humbling. I'm just gonna do a little quick time check again. We're going to take another break <laughs> um, and we'll be back soon. And I think we'll wrap it up in that next part. Yeah. And, um, do any last subjects that we want to talk about. Sounds so good. we'll be right back all, take a drink of water, use that bathroom break. And once again, if you're on the road, pay attention to the road. And we are back from our second break. Hope you guys got that drink of water, that snack that you needed, and maybe you made it back finally home to your destination. Um, so Kevin, I wanted to ask you, on top of that, um, all we've been talking about, I wanted to know what were your favorite projects that you've been on um, since you went to LA? Because I know you've been acting a lot more. You've probably done your own projects that are still in the works right now, mm -hmm. or you're able to work with other people with the connections that you made. So, yeah, man. So I have a lot of really good projects that I am really happy to be a part of, and and it's it's really hard to narrow it down. But one of the first projects that I got proud of after moving to LA was I got to be on uh, a set for Team Red Productions called Twisting Tiger. Mm -hmm. And I was brought on as an action, uh, as a stuntman. And the reason why that was so beneficial to me was because the director of that is a good friend of mine. His name is Joseph Lay and he, uh, and he's actually from the DMV area. And oh, he actually, dope. yeah, he actually moved to uh, LA uh, about a month or two months after I moved to LA. To pursue. And, yeah. And that's yeah. one of his, uh, you know, one of his, his, his first projects over there uh, that was solely on his own. Yeah. And, uh, and so he brought me on and I, you know, I love to support my brother and I love to support my DMV family. So I got brought on and I met a lot of phenomenal actors. So Joseph has a pretty good reputation with a lot of people in the stunt industry. So he brought on a lot of people that were really crazy talented and the film was very progressive. It had a really good message. Action was amazing. And being on that project, even just as a minor like stunt guy, I learned a lot. Yeah. Though there was a lot of like hardship with, we did like several overnight shoots from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And the weather at that time was oddly cold. So it got like 30 degrees and we're shooting in an alleyway. Yeah, yeah. Though uh, it was a lot of fun. Regardless of, regardless of that, it was a lot of fun. And I think I learned a lot. So it wasn't, it wasn't. A big role, but I learned a lot from it. And this is the one thing that I want to uh, like live by and, and I try to embody is I'd much rather have a small role in a very 
good film that yeah. I learned a lot from rather than having a big role in a film that isn't good mm. that I didn't have almost any takeaways from. Yeah, yeah. So I got to be a part of that. Which, uh, that was the first memorable project I got to be a part of on. And um, we'll put in some pictures and stills. Yeah, we'll put in some pictures and stills and yeah. uh, and definitely guys check it out. It's def- it's on YouTube and check him out. He's he's amazing. Much love, much love and shouts to my, uh, my brother, Joseph. Um, and another one would probably be my own project, which is Kings of Triad. Because of the obvious reasons, it was my first ever official short film. Mm-hmm. And um, I brought together on a team that was extremely supportive. And I loved having them on there because they're all, they all made the energy worthwhile while we were shooting. Go, leading up to the shoot, I was extremely stressed out, wearing so many hats, making sure everything was good. Yeah, um, a lot on my plate, but having that energy there, everyone that I cherry picked to be on that set made everything worth it, and the stress kind of melted away as I was shooting. Yeah, and another reason why it was so meaningful to me was because uh, the lead actor that I was fighting, uh, Jay Fan, is actually someone that I've watched and admired for a long time mm-hmm. um i've watched him when he was uh a part of emc monkeys which is one of the first stunt groups based in la that i watched and they actually oh. helped get me into stunts and action acting That's and dope. fight choreography yeah they were a stunt group that that stayed true to martial arts mm-hmm. made really good action really good stunts and they're an overall really great group to follow and he was a part of that so i watched him since i was about 11 years old fast forward like 15 years later I hit him up and I'm like, hey, would you like to grab food together? We grabbed food. We became really good friends. Um, and uh, and I talked to him a lot. He gave me a lot about his about about his history, a lot about, you know, what he's experienced. And when I was watching him as a as a kid, he actually left the industry for a lot of very personal reasons. He kind of like retired. And uh, I told him, like, hey, Jay, if, if I put together a project, man, would you love to be a part of it? He goes, yeah, I'll come out of retirement for you. I'm like, dude, what? Yeah. This is crazy. I used to watch you as a kid. Now I'm going to have you on my projects. So what started out as a test fight? So Kings of Triad started out as a test fight. Mm-hmm. Something just to get me um, conditioned and get the reps out. Uh, but then I started to grow that into an actual film because if Jay's going to be a part of it, I want it to, be, a to be bigger. Yeah, I started putting more of a script into it. I started putting more of a budget into, budget into it. I started putting thousands of dollars of my own money into it. I started putting together a bigger team. Um, accentuating choreography a little bit, putting more dangerous stunts into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I shot it and I got to share the screen with him, it was a little surreal. Like if I like went back in time and I talked to my 11-year-old self that was watching his videos and his films and be like, hey, dude, you're going to be fighting him one day in an yeah. action film. I probably would have called myself a dirty liar. Yeah. But, but so that was an amazing thing that elevated me, not just because it was my f- first film, but it also elevated me because it gave me a lot more value to myself. And he was also an irreplaceable friend that I uh, had the liberty of, of, of being in contact with and, and I value him so much. Shout out to Jay. Much love to you, man. Much love to your strength and much love to everything that you went through and still pulling out on top. Yeah. So that in itself, not just because it's my first official film and not because it went through a film festival, my first film festival, but because of the experience of going through all of that helped elevate me and grow me in ways I didn't know would have been possible. possible yeah. So that was probably one of the most memorable um, projects I've had because it was my own and what came out of it was something far more than I would have expected in terms of my growth. Yeah. That's very awesome because yeah. like, it it like when you said speaking to your eleven year old self, right? Yeah. It's like who can say that if there's someone that you've been admiring that mm-hmm. you've been watching when you were younger and you said, I'm gonna get there one day, 
mm-hmm. but you don't really believe yourself. And yeah. you're like, you're actually shooting with that person that you admired. Yeah. That's probably a very surreal, like, you were probably like a little kid when you were like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I'm having lunch with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, he wants to be a part of my project. Yeah, we hang out all the time now. He's like one of my like closest friends over there. So yeah. that's a really good relationship that I developed and that I truly value. Yeah, that's crazy. That Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. That's very inspiring. But another thing I also wanted to bring up, I know that all these projects and Kings of the Triad was your favorite one. And that probably opened up a lot more gateways mm-hmm. and doors for you, right? You recently got a really good project and a really cool project where I saw on your story, you went behind the scenes into like a sh- made shift plane. Yes. Right. Yep. And you always see that in the movies, right? You're like, yeah. it's either because, you know, not all of it's real, but when it is real, it's cool. Mm-hmm. But to actually see a set where like you're in a plane, how was that experience? And what, what was that project that you were, yeah. were you working on? Yeah. So that's one of my more recent projects uh, now that it, it was a contracted promo uh, social media promo video for the Hollywood movie film. Uh, sorry, let me reset that. <laughs> it was a it was a contracted social media uh, video movie promo for the Hollywood movie Plane with Gerard Butler. Mm-hmm. And I worked with a production team called The Warp Zone. Shout out to The Warp Zone. Much love to you guys. I worked with them before and they got contracted to do a movie promo, promo. for yeah. the movie Plane. And they brought me on as the lead action actor and as a stunt coordinator, yeah. which eventually evolved into me becoming the director for director. that promo as well. Yeah. So being a part of that project was was so much fun. And, um, and they actually gave us the set that the plane used for the movie oh, to really? shoot on. So yeah, so that plane Dang. that we used was part of part of Lionsgate's um, uh, sets. sets. So so shout out to Lionsgate for for bringing us onto that as well. And yeah. that was a lot of fun. The um, it was really exciting to do. They allowed me to put together a team. Uh, I had such a great team that I cherry picked into the, that I got to bring onto this. And it was such an honor to stunt coordinate uh, for this project as well. It really challenged me as a stunt coordinator to uh, to create a fight choreography in a plane, which is really hard to maneuver around because it's such a tight space. But it allowed me to be creative with the environment. It allowed me to be creative with utilizing every part of the set within our constraints, of course. And and um, a lot of things that challenged me from that was was our constraints where we had to shoot that in two hours. Yeah. We only, they, the, the, the production only gave us two hours to use the whole set, which if you work in film, you know two hours is almost nothing. Two hours is setup time. Yeah. <laughs> like one, it takes one and a half hours just to yeah. make sure everything is right. Yeah. Everyone's there and everyone has, the equipment is correct. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. So, so going on to set, I had, I had to keep my team focused. We had to go everything coherently and everything go, has to go smoothly. And we knocked that out. Everyone was really impressed. Everyone did so well. My team did so so great. And um, and within those two hours, we knocked out the main body of it in about an hour and a half. Yeah, you had and time we, to spare, right? And we used the time to spare to do pickup shots and everything and anything extra. So um, shout out to my old team. Shout out to the Warp Zone. Shout out to Lionsgate. Shout out to the movie Plane. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing us on to this promo project. And I learned a lot and I grew a lot of course um i want to grow as a stunt coordinator i in no way think that my choreography is the best that it can be i am still growing i'm so fairly fresh to the stunt industry fairly fresh to to creating choreography but i'm always trying to grow and increase my potential as a stunt coordinator and as a choreographer every step along the way so that in itself though it was a really cool project to create that 
helped elevate me and and le- level me up in other aspects such as like directing putting together the team stunt coordinating acting and 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 also getting creative with my choreography as well yeah and i commend you for that because you know it really comes to show how much you've learned along the way right because you had to do it in fast pace yeah small amount of time you had to take your experience in leading people and all the stunt directing all that type of stuff that you learned from the past you were able to put it within this promo yeah and we'll give a quick show of it right now yeah So, you going to Ohio for business or pleasure? So that's a funny story, actually. So, what is that? Hope you guys like that video and you check out the movie as well because I had no idea that movie was going to be out until your promo came out too. So I <laughs> yeah, kind of want to so give much. the movie a C too. And it's really dope that that's the actual plane they used for the set. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people say they can do that. And um, I'm really glad that, you know, you get what you deserve, right? And you've been working hard for it. So I'm glad that this came your way because your hard work, you know, usually pays off. So yeah. very proud of you. Thank you that. so much, man. I appreciate that. And I, and I cherish that, that time and I'm going to utilize that and not use it, put it to waste. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, so it unfortunately is getting to the end of this episode. Okay. Maybe I should get Kevin on for another podcast, guys. What you guys think? Let, let me know in the comments down below. I would below. love to join the podcast again. Even if there's a little bit of distance, I'll, we'll make something happen yeah. if you guys want it or not. Hey, I made an agreement with him sometime I'm going to be heading out there, whether I'm visiting or I'm officially going to be out there. I'll tell you this right now, right here, right now, recorded. Mm-hmm. Within probably two to three years, you'll probably see me. It's on It's on recording, so we've got to hold recording. it to him. Yeah, so you'll, you'll, see, you'll see me there. I'll, I'll be out there. Um, but I wanted to wrap this up and say, uh, is there anything else, any advice, any last second topics, last second things that you would like to let the listeners know, um, whether it's trying to get into this industry as well, whether they want to be a DP producer, actor, stuntman like you, or, you know, just in life in general, because I feel like a lot of the stuff you learn from a production side can be shown in real life as well. Yeah. I will say that a lot of things in life that you are going to be pursuing are going to be hard and extremely scary. There's going to be about a thousand reasons on why you shouldn't pursue something, but you have to listen to that one reason on why you should. And the fact that it's hard is scary, but the fact that it's not impossible is more than enough reason that you should pursue it. And you're going to thank yourself way down the line because of what you developed traveling this path and also how you came out on top of it. So don't be discouraged by anything that you feel like would hold you back and don't let anything pull yourself back from pursuing what you wanna do, especially yourself. Because fast forward about 10 to 15 years, you're gonna regret it. And that's one thing that I wanted to, to remind myself is that if I didn't make this move, if I didn't pursue anything in my career, then I would have regretted it. And I also would have been one of the Kevins in the multiverses that did not reach his full potential. <laughs> and I did not want to be one of the Kevins that is losing. In the deathbed seeing <laughs> yes. all your potentials. Exactly. Saying, Damn. If I'm in a room with all of my other versions of myself and I'm the worst one, I would hate myself. I want to be the best version of me in that room full of Kevins. I want to, 
I want to flick all of my other versions of myself yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, this is saying this is a saying to all of you guys out there: be the best version of yourself and prove yes. those other versions wrong. Exactly. Well, thanks for being on this podcast with us today, Kevin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Kevin, where can the people find you if they want to see your work and see your ads? Yeah, you guys can find me on my YouTube channel, which is going to be at Kevin Lay Films, all one word. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at ITS period Kevin Lay. All right, guys, make sure you follow them. Follow him on all those platforms. Um, I'll also have it on the screen for you, and it'll be in the description below. Um, if you are watching us on YouTube, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Ring the bell. You know, Let us know how you like this podcast, and maybe I'll be implementing more podcasts in the future. Uh, I've been busy lately, so don't hold me to it, but I will try to bring podcasts back here and there. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple podcast and google play please give us a follow and let us know that you are liking the content um it was an honor doing this with you again and we'll see you in the next episode thanks for having me and thank you guys for being a part of it and listening